With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's the Things are brightening up. Welcome back to the Different Knock podcast, episode number 36 with Oof. Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend, Bradley Adams. Bradley Adams, who went to bed at 3.30 this morning, so this could be a fun podcast. <laughs> yeah. He's on the Red Bull already. I'm on the, mate, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm like, I'm wide awake. Well, yeah, we are late celebrating the 1-0. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It felt like we were, um... <laughs> This is probably going to be the nerdiest thing I'll ever say, but up celebrating the fact that for the last five minutes of that game, we were like fucking Aragorn and Theoden at Helm's Deep, just battering back forces. I now know that reference because I watched Lord of the Rings the other day. And that is the only reason that I made the reference. Cool. I watched it the other day. It's very long, isn't it? I still haven't finished it. Are you watching the extended ones that are like four hours each or the normal ones? I'll be honest, I'm not, and I'm finding it long anyway. I mean, I'm... I'm, uh, what am I? I? I finished the second movie. The, yeah. Is it, Twin, is it Twin Towers? Two Towers, yeah. Two Towers. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, and then I'm like sort of like 20 minutes into the third one. And I just, it was Christmas day and I thought, oh, I'm not, I'm not watching this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get you, man. Like it's, you have to, but they are long and you have to, I, I love them. You just have to be in the mood to watch them. I did it. I, I am really enjoying it in fairness. Like it's quite nice to watch something that is just so unrealistic if that makes sense that you kind of get 100%, lost in it do you know what I mean 100% There's I just watch pure a lot fantasy. of like you know we obviously watch a lot of football we watch a lot of like you know just real like real stuff on YouTube like you know commentary and stuff so it's nice to kind of get into a world of yeah I am the chosen one also movies as well as an actor I think you like as actors I think you get drawn to the more realistic side of films yeah you get drawn to the things that you think are gonna almost uh, aid your craft and so occasionally that's why I, i'm a massive star wars fan and that's why i think i absolutely love star wars is because it is pure fucking noncy monks walking around with light sticks smacking each other like it's just it's just mental <laughs> do you know what i mean like i fucking love it it's just mental you have said before on this podcast you're a massive cinephile yeah which uh, i did have to look up but um it's uh i'm looking forward to finishing it off at some point probably in about two years uh so we won another game we did we, we did. did win another game um i was yeah I, i'm i'm i put out a tweet last night like it is funny how quickly like the narrative changes and 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 you know we always talk about it on here like yeah you know what we're, we're seven points off fourth now we've got Winnable games coming up. The young players are back. Gabriel and Party yet to Chelsea come. Chelsea are falling off. Chelsea falling off. Tottenham falling off. Like it is, you know, within the space of two games, the entire narrative around Arsenal Football Club has changed. Yeah. Um, and we're going to sign Diego Costa. So, you know. <laughs> and here's the thing as well. Like, um, 
our points total uh, for all of the kind of um, clubs that were bantering us was comparable to United last season in before kind of signing Bruno Fernandes. It, I think maybe Arsenal's pessimism came from one of two places. You know, the fact that they don't believe we're going to sign a Bruno Fernandes that's going to change <laughs> the fortunes of our season. Fucking hell, he's so good, mate. I was watching the United Wolves game. Oh, my God. I think the thing is, right, he, he, uh, for me, he's another, he's another kind of this situation. He's not, in my opinion, he's not world-class. He's good. He's good. He is good, but he's nowhere near world class. But he does stuff. He just does shit. Like he tries yeah. shit. Like, do you know what I mean? And Useful on a football pitch. This is the thing, right? If you take away his penalties, you know, he has. I I I, I screenshot a stat. Like, I think it was a month You're ago struggling. that I wanted to show. Four a.m. It's coming back. It's coming back. No. <laughs> I did screenshot a stat months ago that I wanted to show you for some reason. And it was about... I enjoy the fact that you've screenshotted something going, I'm going to show Alex. And then months later, still remember it. Yeah. It's That's in the true back. podcast love. It's in the back of the brain somewhere. Yeah. Where the I, I mean, I, I, would, I would contest that he is world-class purely because I think that United team... I wouldn't say he's being carried because I think they have a lot of quality. But I think like he takes that team from maybe scraping top four potentially to where they are today, like you know second and looking really really good. Yeah. Like I think he he's a he's a kind of Van Dyke Allison game changing potential. Add a few more around and you're looking at a title kind of player, in my opinion. Um, I I, I can see I can see the 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 logic behind it. Um, so he, he this is as of the 28th of November. So obviously the stats will be better or slash different. Uh, but he had 21 goals and 15 assists in 35 matches, right? But 17 of those goals were penalties. And this is the thing. It's but, like Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba, like, I think is what, like an absolutely world-class centre midfielder. And I think that a lot of the issues that have come from him have come from the colour of his skin rather than what he does on a football pitch. Yeah. Um, Can I just clarify, as in the issues around him related to people looking at him discriminating against him. yes yes 100 <laughs> <Not>, percent. <laughs> just wanted to clarify not, that yeah 100 percent. diff knock out of context <laughs> yeah no 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 100 percent. yeah um but he's a he was another one that if you look at his united stats you take away his penalties he's got a ridiculously low number of kind of goal goal contributions and while i think that bruno fernandez is a, 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 like a very good player who I, I I would probably give up the rights to my firstborn child to have in this Arsenal squad. <laughs> I, I I think that I think that too often nowadays we kind of label people like world class without kind of. I think there there are truly not that many world class players. Yeah, there are I very, mean. There are very good players, but like if you're talking about the kind of elite elite echelons of football. It's like I almost found it laughable when Van Dyke nearly won the Ballon d'Or, and I it's it was it's laughable that Modric won the Ballon d'Or because you're not telling me that if Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo went to Liverpool, they wouldn't be the best player in that Liverpool team. Yeah, I mean it's it all it all depends on how you 
define world class and top class and all those sorts of things. I mean, it, for me, for me personally, like I, my world class kind of structure is a bit wider, and I'd probably put Fernandez in there. Yeah, sorry, Fernandez in there. Um, but uh, yeah, he is class. He is absolutely yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I just think that for me, what the, the kind of moniker of world class is like: Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, maybe Neymar or Mbappe. Yeah, yeah. probably Lewandowski. And that's about it. And the rest are in that like very, very good quality. So are the rights to your firstborn up for grabs? Is that a... They are, my friend. They are. When you say rights, what do you mean? Is it in the naming rights or... You're going to call it like the Amex Stadium or something? <laughs> <laughs> Amex Adams. Amex Adams. <laughs> um, speaking of which, Arsenal were at the Amex last night. Uh, we were. had a cheeky 1-0 victory... Um, tricky, against tricky. Brighton. Oh, um, uh, well, let's start at the very beginning. What do you think of the lineup? Uh, again, very positive. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I feel it was a shame for Lacazette to be dropped after what was a, a good performance against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. But you can understand why. You know, bringing a Yang in, who's probably our one, one of our only players who is in that kind of very good. Let's just say it's world class category. Just because we'll go Let's with undo your all of that conversation. We'll, we'll go with you, as in we'll go with your kind of labelling. Of yeah, things. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I actually wouldn't put Aubameyang in my kind of slightly more open, okay, uh, uh, loose world class term. I'd probably yeah, top class. I know what you mean, top class. He's he's our best kind of highest quality player when he's kind of in form and playing well. So you could understand kind of putting him in the side to try and get him a goal and bring him back to getting a bit of form and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, uh, but other than that, I was really pleased with the lineup. But again, I think that it's a lineup hampered with the kind of asterisk of Gabriel, William, and David Louise weren't available. So yep. again, it's kind of got that little asterisk of we will have to wait for the next game to see if anything changes. Because if they become yep. available, then we. This is the thing. If if William becomes available and we drop any of Saka, Martinelli, Smithrow even Laka or Aubameyang for him, that's the moment when you get, like, when I'm... It's the moment that undoes a lot of the good faith that I think Mikel has earned. Yeah, I I think, you know, it kind of depends on contextually, you know, Martinelli's coming back from a nine-month injury. Saka's played a lot of minutes. I think, you know, it kind of does depend on where we are, what the what the, what the sort of when is, mode when is. When is our next game date-wise? just going to check it's that. It's West Brom. Uh, you have a look at that. But yeah, I think it, it does depend kind of, um, yeah, contextually. But I, I thought I thought the lineup was, 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 you know, solid again. It was nice. To, I think Arteta said, you know, we want to see some consistency. I also don't mind Lacazette in a kind of off-the-bench role. I think he's someone who clearly struggles mobility-wise. Um and isn't quite built for making the runs and making the the um, you know running the channels in the in the way that we 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 might need. But I don't mind Lacazette off the bench because he is a finisher. And and you know if if someone like Saka can do what he does, which is just absolutely sensational, oh. then then I don't mind it. Um, and I thought I thought actually you know it was good to get that consistency again. Same back five, you know, same two in the middle. I didn't think they had a particularly good game, but you know having some consistency I don't think is always a bad thing because yeah. we have seen a lot of chopping and changing this year. No, no, no. A hundred percent. And um, it was nice to kind of, as much as I, especially kind of when we're talking about the back four, 
are it that's like for me one of the most important areas to bed in yeah you because at the end of the day your you you want your forwards kind of to to be quite almost mercurial interchangeable unpredictable yeah. even with structure yes, as to kind yeah. of how you can play them where you can play them because if it, it comes back to the same conversation that we were having about when we were we were we weren't doing particularly well that we were only trying this one thing and as soon as teams figured us out we were a bit up shit's creek without a paddle but that back four is so important to get bedded in so the fact the whole like i think holding at the start of this run of games was shaky but last night i thought he put in a a very decent assured performance that I think that for sure at the end of the day they look if they look like a great partnership yeah one hundred percent and maybe holding and Gabrielle uh, when he's back again can move forward as as a, as a very good partnership uh, and I think that it's it, it's almost about kind of plugging the gaps to allow us to do what needs to like vitally be done in January mm. uh, with like a creative midfielder and then maybe another forward option slash. Uh, a centre midfielder, depending on who leaves, because I think our incomings, other than a other than a kind of eight ten, will be determined by who leaves. Yeah, getting four players who are used to playing with each other and kind of bedded in that system is, I think, fantastic. Hundred percent, it's huge. I, 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 you know, holding. I don't think anyone would would look at holding or say holding is potentially you know the most talented of centre-backs and I think he's got some limitations but put him next to the right partner um, he's playing out of his skin he's absolutely playing out of his skin he's the Nacho Monreal of this team right now it's like (laughs) yes that's a really that's a really good comparison like he's 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 very at the moment he's very consistent he's playing out of his skin maybe this is his new level he's found a new level I don't know but you know he's he's talking a lot he's he's marshalling the back line along with Mari you know I think um it's just things like organization from corners and free kicks and, you know, playing the line and making sure that we're all, you know, all, all understanding one another. Like it's, it's, it, those things take time. And if you, you know, I watch a lot, a lot of Liverpool mm-hmm. and, you know, Trent Robertson, uh, Gomez and Van Dyke, obviously just that consistent and Allison. Yeah. Just that consistent back five. And you take Van Dyke out of it, you take uh, Gomez out of it, and you do see a bit of, you know, Shakiness. lines yeah, looking yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. sh- shanky. You see a bit of, you know, and that's not necessarily that the players are all, all terrible, but they can look more exposed in a, in a non-consistent back line. So it's, I think it's important to keep that. And I think it's, you know, I personally don't agree with Bellerin being in there, but if we're, if he is our, if he is Arteta's first choice right back, okay, you know, that's, I, I'm... You know, I, 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 you know, yeah, I, I'm happy with the consistency. Bell- Bellerin's the position that almost in that in that four that you, we either we we either need to do one of two things: sell him and use Cedric and Maitland there and bed because it, it all depends where Maitland's kind of final position is going to end up. If it is going to be that he's going to be a right back going forward, then sell Bellerin and bed in Cedric and Maitland. And if his future is in midfield or not at the club, sell Bellerin. I want us to sign Tarek Lamptey, mate. I think he's fucking class. Yeah, he didn't play last night, did he? Is he injured? No, uh, I think so. I'll tell you, he did play last night. Bissouma. Oh, so tired. Do you know what? There's, I, th- I think there's probably three players from that, um, three or four players from that Brighton team that if you stuck them in our team would just be unreal. If we got, we were also texting and having the discussion about um, 
uh, like having Lewis Dunk, who, okay, he's 29, but he's got Prem experience. And if you think, if we if we kind of got out the dregs that are currently kind of keeping up our centre-back roster, and then we had kind of a, a, a rotating main three of Dunk, Gabriel and Saliba, and then obviously having Mari as that left back, left centre back kind of cover. I think that's a very good yeah. kind of. I mean, it depends on holding and Chambers uh, and their their kind of future. But as as a as a option, if they if they were going, I, I would certainly be up for that. Um, also, I do just want to say, I do just want to say, Brighton they've got the best names for players: Pascal Gross, Davy Proper. Eus Basuma, Jahan Baksh. It's, um, it's a great team. Lewis Dunk, even. It's a great, it's great. Yeah. What, what, oh I mean, God, Terry Glamty um, is a great name as well. It's, um, it's, it's surely up there. Oh, absolutely. And um, Alexis McAllister, who's. Who, you no, know he's Brazilian. No, he's Argentinian, mate. Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah I, I, I heard he was South American. You, you think he's like Scottish or something, but no, he's Argentinian. Yeah, McAllister. <laughs> Joel Veltman. It's oh. a speculative effort. That's <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, onto the game. So I thought Smithrow. Um, well, he. I mean, he was kind of drifting wide most of the game. Um, and it was nice to see him. I did think it was a bit strange at first because he was kind of drifting out into Martinelli's position. Martinelli was slightly dropping deep, mm. but Martinelli's got the legs to do that, and he can run at players. And I didn't mind it. Eventually, kind of Martinelli and can carry the ball as well can carry the ball i think also having having smith row as a wide option um and as someone who's able to play there and kind of stretch the play um and provide those triangles because he is very technically proficient and if you're looking to build down mm. the right or left hand side he is someone who can provide that little ball provide that little give and go i was watching martinelli's movement and we've talked about this before on this podcast but it makes such a difference like yeah. just having someone who is constantly watch him in the first five ten minutes go and watch a rewatch oh, he's like he does dog. not stop moving yeah he does not stop there and you can't defend that if someone's got that energy level and when he came off he was fuming and like i i i i think from all of arteta's commentary and all of the kind of that you know martinelli saved christmas i mean you know fuck santa like you know gabby's yeah. gabby's come in and absolutely fucking smashed it. saved it i just think he's someone who He's clearly in the long-term plans. It's clearly, you know, he started um, three games in a row now, is it? Because the City, Chelsea and Brighton game, he might not start the City game. Um, I think City he did. City game. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. Um, did he start the City game? Yes. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, I think he might have. He's clearly involved. I, I am slightly concerned about his fitness levels, but equally we're taking him off, you know, sort of around the hour mark and, and giving him giving him that time off. But... Yeah, I thought he his just his movement is is so good. I thought we looked nice and compact, but the first twelve minute uh, twenty five minutes were fucking boring. Like I, I I think we were a bit slow in the first half, you know, and I think that that's uh, that's a testament to the stats that we had like one shot in in the whole of the first half, and then something like six shots in the first nine minutes of the second half. We looked yeah. tired. It almost looked like a few of the players had a bit of a hangover from celebrating the Chelsea win a bit too much. <laughs> yeah no, just true. I mean. and we were taking too long on the ball like the first yeah. touch was poor about i've said this before certainly on twitter i can't remember if i said this on the podcast abamyang's first touch does concern me like he breaks down a lot of attacks especially when he's more involved in the build-up and not just involved in the here's the ball score it mm. he, when he drifts out to the wing when he 
drops a little bit deeper as he was doing last night, a little bit. I'm concerned about his his heart, his, his touch. I just don't think we're utilizing we're utilizing him to his strengths, and I think that a moment, and I I don't think I I don't know if it was in the first or the second half, but there's a moment, yeah, Xhaka. that there is a perfect through ball for Xhaka to play, and it Abamyang's in, and I I, mean, I also saw people tweeting about the fact that you know that in the second half in like the 75th or the 80th minute, um saying that Aubameyang's lost his pace because, you know, he couldn't even outpace what is, uh, Webster, their their centre-back. And I'm like, it's the fucking 80th minute. If you're expecting and a man... And also, he was behind him. Well, yeah, and if you're expecting a man to to have the same sprint speed when he's been pressing for 80 minutes, you're an absolute mug. But um, perfect opportunity to play him in, and we just yeah. don't do it. And this is, this is what I mean. Like, we're we need to utilize him in a way that is useful rather than as in it doesn't and this is why i genuinely think we could sell him in the summer it doesn't seem like we're building the system around him or to mm. his strengths which kind of makes me feel like he's a bit of a spare part yeah that we've got that's very a very good spare part it's like we we it's like we're building a ferrari but we've got a Lamborghini engine that we know we're going to have to change out eventually, but we're just kind of putting it in there for now because we're working with what we've got. I think with Aubameyang, like I, 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 I am, I'm worried about his form and I'm worried about the way we're using him. I think there's, there's lots of reasons why maybe it isn't working out both on the individual and collective level for Aubameyang. Hmm. I think he's a quite an old school player in many senses, in that he is someone who you go, okay, here you are, Aubameyang, here's the ball, go and score for us. And he's someone who just finished the ball, finishes the, the game off. That's an amazing asset and that's worked countless times for us in the past and will work for us again in the future. Don't get me wrong. But we need 11 players, well, 10, 10 outfield players who will be involved in the build-up, who will be, who will be technically proficient, who will be pressing, who will be playing the whole, you know, playing the system that Arteta wants us to play. Yeah. I don't believe Aubameyang has the requisite skill level, to be honest. He, okay, so we're talking about world-class and all that sort of stuff earlier. Aubameyang is a world-class finisher. I don't think that ever will change. I think Aubameyang, if you give him the ball in that sort of, you know, 18-yard box, a, yeah. if he's on form, if he's, you know, if he's, you know, not put off, he's putting that in the bottom corner nine, eight times out of 10. But, that's not quite how top teams play. It's, you know, no. if, Aubameyang, you know, as brilliant as Aubameyang is, you have to build a team around him and you have to, which is why I kind of thought maybe the the inclusion of all the younger guys around him, making those runs, opening those spaces up for him last night might actually help him. But to be honest, I found, you know, we, we were, especially in that sort of opening period and, and as the game wore on, we were in this quite clear 4-2-3-1 he's lost and he's not someone who can hold up a ball. He's not someone who can particularly play the system that we're playing. And as you were saying, I think you do need to build almost a system around him, mm. especially with Martinelli coming in on that left-hand side. Yeah. I am worried and I'm worried that he isn't the right player for this, for what Arteta wants to play, but he's also absolutely world-class and we've protected the asset. I think the, I think the sometimes... I see discourse around Aubameyang, which is sort of, you know, we've, we've given him the deal now and, you know, we, we, we're stuck with him for three years. No, we're not. No, we're not. You know, we, 
I appreciate we might not be able to get the, you know, 60, 70 million for him, but someone next summer would pay 30, 40 million for him. And I would take that. Yeah. It's, it sounds, it sounds a bit ludicrous right now, but what Arsenal did in the summer, in my opinion, this is a slight tangent from the game, but what Arsenal did in the summer was protect the asset because in that position, Mm -hmm. they had a player who was a year out from his contract ending, right? Or was then was he what was he entering the last two years? No, he was he was a year out from his last contract. year. Yeah. So Abamyang going for, on a free would have been a disaster, whatever. Whatever happens. Mm-hmm. So Abamyang signing a brand new bumper deal is the most important thing in that situation. Because if Abamyang went on a free, we lose 30, 40, 50 million potentially, right? Next summer. Or or we or we, we kind of see how it goes. And the other option is we see how it goes. And he kind of plays out the uh, the season. He seems to be working all those sorts of things. In either scenario, right? Not not that we win, but that's better than him going on a free. He either doesn't 100%. doesn't quite work out. We protected the asset. We get thirty forty million for him maybe next summer or, or whatever it is. Or we do get a Bamiang and we we don't let him walk out on a free and we use his playing skill, which he does have. So I I think we have. You know, we protected the asset to some degree. I think ultimately we're we're not shackled because that's a bad word to say about Aubameyang, but we do have a player who I don't believe suits modern football particularly. Um, he's a pure finisher, but you can't you can't build up with nine players anymore. Um, I don't know if I agree with that that you can't build up with nine players, but I think that you can't, you can't play. Build- you can't play you can't build a, t- a team and a system with nine players. No, but he. the thing is, is he does press. He does do these things. He's got legs. The one thing that he's a bit lacklustre in is first touch and kind of the build-up. But, but look, even the pressing, mate, I don't believe he's got the... I, I don't believe he's got the will or the energy. Look at G- how Gabby presses. Look at how Smith-Rowe presses. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I'm not, I'm not that's, saying that's over... I'm not saying overall, listen, he's an unbelievably talented player and mm. I'm sure I'm going to get some pelters for this. But if you if we're looking at what we need to do to be, to go to the next phase, to become the team that we want to be in modern football, if we want to modernize, we want to become a team that is, mm. you know, full full of powerful technical players, the Bayerns, the 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 Man United, the Aubameyang doesn't fit in those sorts of systems no. and that's where the game's going so it's yeah and look the thing is with Aubameyang as well I think one a good thing about the last the game against Brighton was he kind of like it was almost the first time that I felt like he could come in for actual open criticism because he had chances yeah there were a few opportunities and, you know, that there are also a few things that, you know, there's a moment that if Saka squares it, Aubameyang has another opportunity at goal. He has that opportunity um, crossed in. I don't know. I can't remember. I think maybe Tierney crosses it in and their keeper pulls out a worldie of a save. Then yeah. you've also got... <laughs> that, was, that was so weird. <laughs> like, unreal save. But he also looks so casual doing it. Yeah. Just <laughs> unbelievable. Um, yeah. Then he has the opportunity where he kind of takes it on his right, but takes it a bit too quickly and doesn't quite get his foot around it and get the bend on it. So it's almost the first opportunity we can really come in for actual criticism of him because he has had opportunities. And okay, Xhaka doesn't play that pass through. And that that would set... Aubameyang didn't have a one-on-one opportunity last night. No, 
And, and which, if Jacob plays that ball, he probably scores. But yeah, you know. But he had opportunities to put the ball in the net. And as much as I think it's a world class save, a world like a truly world class striker places it better. So a keeper doesn't even get the yeah. opportunity to save that. Uh, and the same with, um, you know, one thing that I think is, uh, especially, um, I don't know if you watch a lot of the Bundesliga. Hours. But one thing uh, with Robert Lewandowski, who has been robbed of a Ballon d'Or this year, is he is lethal. Like, if he gets an opportunity, he's just, he's not the kind of, like, one thing I think about Harry Kane is that, Harry Kane is not a very didn't, lethal... Didn't Lewandowski win the Ballon d'Or? No, no, there was no Ballon d'Or this year. There was uh, a FIFA yeah. best, which That's he won the, the best player in the world, but he, there was, they, they, the Ballon d'Or decided that they were too, they were too, you know, important to not have one this... That, that, that they were, you know, they're, they're, su- they're such a big deal that they, they couldn't have one this year because of... Co- just self-aggrandizing okay. bollocks. Well, but, he, might win um, a, he might win a Diff Knock Award, but... You know, he he, he fucking should. Away, so. But he's just absolutely lethal, as in... Give him two touches in a, in in that kind of space where Aubameyang was and is in. Like he's a, f- and there there are a few players like that, and I think that that's what um, w- we need because we're not exactly. And obviously, he needs to find his shooting boots because it's been a while since we've actually had opportunities like that. Yeah, but yeah. It, it almost it it it's weird to say it as a positive. But it is a positive that we can now criticise Aubameyang for missing opportunities because we're actually getting yeah. opportunities in games. Yeah, exactly. And and listen, if Xhaka plays that ball through, Aubameyang scores. But, yeah. you know, you look at the top teams, there are no there are no passengers. And I'm not saying Aubameyang is a passenger. I'm just saying he his qualities... He is phases of play. Exactly. And those phases of play are some of the most important to yeah. modern, modern, modern football and modern teams. And... You know, I'm sorry to always bring it back to Liverpool, but you know they're the benchmark at the moment, so that's it seems sensible. Watch, watch the opening 15 minutes against West Brom. Mane, Salah, and Firmino are all involved in the build-up, all involved in playing the counterpoints off Robertson, playing the counterpoints off Trent. Yeah. Firmino dropping deep. Firmino is unbelievable. Aubameyang's never going to be that striker. That's fine. He's not going to drop deep. He's not going to take the ball off people's feet. But moving forward, let's you know, Firmino. I think though lacks if you put Firmino and Abamyang together and created like Abamino, yeah, it would be he would be probably the best best out and out yeah. nine in the yeah. league. Like, like if you offered if you offered me him, I'd say like for me, no. Do you know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> but for me, like he does lack that finishing quality. There's a reason, you know. I know it's become a bit of a meme and people call him a defensive striker and all of this, but there's a reason that he's taken, he was taking like, God, he takes like a a decent healthy number of shots. Like people say he doesn't score goals because he's not really the one shooting, but he takes a very healthy number of shots and just doesn't finish them. It's just, he's also through volume of opportunity. He's the Brazilian who scored the most ever in the Premier League. Yeah, like, it's not as if he's never scored a goal, do you know what I mean? No, but as in for the amount, I th- okay, uh, to rephrase, for the amount of opportunities that he has to score, he yeah. doesn't score enough. But yeah. that doesn't hamper Liverpool because they've got Salah. I almost said Salah and Mana. <laughs> Salah and Mana. They've got Salah and Mane who yeah. p- fucking put the ball back in the net. An unbelievable yeah. rate. So yeah. it doesn't affect them. But if you were to give Firmino Aubameyang's pure finishing ability. Yeah, unbelievably lethal. lethal. Like, yeah. would probably be the best nine in the league. Where for me, yes. 
we're looking at <laughs> we're looking uh yeah a bit tired ty- a bit tired I, we, the kind of what i missed from the chelsea game was the kind of like one touch thing we were doing yeah um, the angles smith row playing the kind of angle and i think like you you add so many angles and and corners when you play someone in that pocket and smith row was there but then that doesn't work if we're not moving the ball quick enough and i, yeah. I, I didn't think we were there was a weird moment with leno when he did some keepy ups that was strange yeah I, I texted you my opinion on this do i think it was stupid absolutely but if manuel neuer does this everyone raves that it's world class yeah yeah that's that's going around that's going around twitter like oh my god do you know do you know what i mean as in um, like if if it doesn't yeah, come yeah. off and it's Leno, everyone slates him and says, oh, why didn't we just keep Martinez and all of this shit? But if that, it did come off and it was, and it wasn't like, do you know what I mean? I just, I think perception and the way that, like, I think a fair amount of the fans have kind of turned on Leno. Like you, I, I, I've made my opinion very clear that I think we made a mistake in selling Martinez. I think that he should have been our number one choice purely because of the style of play that we've got going forward. Um, yeah. But that doesn't hamper me from supporting my team. And the fact that Leno was our player of the season or second in our in in our player of the season votes last year. Like, he's a decent enough goalkeeper. Like, we, you texted me almost your priority list when it came to transfers. And I think new goalkeeper is something like sixth. And I would agree with that. So I think it is time that Arsenal fans stop the agenda and crit- criticise him for the things that he needs to be criticised for. Don't criticize him, or te- like when he's. It's like it's a moment of brilliance. Yeah, yeah. You no. know, the first touch is poor, so he realizes he needs to take another one before getting it out, and he does it perfectly. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't optically, it wasn't great, but yeah, I do agree. Um, there was a strange. Uh, we were doing a sort of two men on corners thing, which I didn't yeah. really get. I mean, maybe if and we, we weren't even beat in the first. Yeah, man. maybe if we put three on, we'd, we would have beaten the first man. But you know, I, I, I don't really know why we did that. I, I sort of get the kind of oh, are we going to do an in swinger or an out swinger? But again, if you don't beat the first man, it's sort of like oh, what's the it was also thing? the fact that we were going oh, in swinger or out swinger, and then just Bakayo was taking all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was almost like Smith Smith Rowe might as well have just fucking been in the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Smith um Bakayo's got a great delivery. When he gets it past the first man, he's got a really nice delivery. Yeah. He's yeah. I, I know the De Bruyne comparison's quite easy, but I do see it. I kind of left footed. Oof. The you know, it, the way he the the way he he does a lot of the same stuff in terms of progressing the ball, beating people, mm. playing those kind of cross like if he's out on the side, like De Bruyne can play those cutbacks quite well. Um but yeah. We'll talk about second more, more in the kind of second half. But yeah, so we came in after the uh, halftime and we had an XG of 0.05, which I thought was quite funny. Um, I didn't think we were that bad. I think the XG sometimes um, makes it sound we, worse we than it just, is. We were just slow. Yeah. Like we didn't yeah. have any, we had one shot, like we didn't have any opportunities purely. And it wasn't from, it, it came like, like you said, from we weren't moving the ball quick enough. Yeah. So by the time we were coming to cr- try and create opportunities. Brighton had 11 men behind the ball and yeah. it becomes about breaking a sitting block of 11 men yeah. rather than a sitting block of yeah. six men. Yeah, and again, yeah, exactly. And against the mid-low block, you know, with no strikers, I mean, a lot of quite physical players, I think it's, you know, it's difficult. And, we, you know, 
you can get around those but with quality and moving the ball quickly and I think we did have enough quality to beat them um, but we weren't moving the ball quick enough but yeah I mean second half I always feel like we come out quite quick we've, we've certainly done it um, in the last couple of a games a couple of times I think it's just because Mikel fucking sticks a rocket up their ass and has a go at them. Yeah, Chelsea kind of came at us in the second half last time, but certainly the City game and the game before that, I can't remember which one it was, but I remember recently thinking, you know, whatever Mikel is saying. Southampton? Yeah, very potentially. No, Burnley, Burnley maybe. Anyway, we we appear to be coming out quite quickly in the second half, um, which is a shame because you're kind of going if it's always the same message and it's always move the ball quicker, which we always do, like we're not changing systems or formations and changing personnel. We're still playing very much a, you know, trying to play those triangles, trying to get out to Tierney. Everton. That's the one. Trying to get it out to Tierney and Bellerin, well, mainly Tierney, you know, try and get those balls into the box. Like we're still doing the same things, but yeah, we're just moving it quicker. And it's like, well, just do that from the start then. <laughs> It's strange. Yeah. Strange. But um, we came out, we had three great chances at the beginning of the second half. Uh, Martinelli had one on his right, as did Alba, and Alba had the one we just discussed. Um, But we looked better, and I think Smith Rowe was a a, a big part of that. Um, We look more dangerous playing this style of formation with an actual number 10. Even though, like, I don't think, I I don't think Smith Rowe is doing anything special or anything revolutionary. No. He's, He's doing the basics of a number 10 right now. And it's just the fact that we've not had anyone doing the basics of a number 10 yeah. for the entire season Yeah, that, you know, we're, we're seeing a response. And I, I, I don't, I, I think we've had the conversation on Ozil and I, I don't, I, I think as fans, it's un- we, we know that he's played the last game for the club, his last game for the club. It's probably helpful to just move on. But I think it's moments like this where now we're seeing a vein of form because we've switched formation and we've put a number 10 in there that infuriates me that we've left probably over the arc of especially modern modern football. We've left the best number 10 in the world out, you know. Yeah. He's, he's still in the top three players on the planet for chances created over the last 15 years. Yeah, I, I do. I do get that, and it's that. kind of frustrating, especially when we we have got a number ten playing at the moment. But Smith Rowe offers us so much. Kind of, he drops a lot more. He can drift out wide a bit more, both sides. He presses a bit more. He's he's just he's more energized, and uh, you know, he's got more legs. Absolutely. So so as we were talking about earlier, if you have a Bamiyang on and Özil on and Lacazette. You've got three players there who just aren't going to do the legwork. Yeah. They're they're quite they're three kind of luxury players in the right system, um, and yeah, I just don't think it, it quite works in terms of if, you, if you're trying to build a cohesive attacking unit with with movement off the ball, movement around the ball combinations. You know, it, I think it doesn't quite. If you played a Bamiyang and Özil, that could work. Yes, with runners, but you definitely. couldn't. You couldn't play. You could not play if you played this exact squad that we started with today, and put Ozil in there I think and maybe if we took out uh, Xhaka for party you this definitely could work 100% could work but it's it's more that I I agree with you in the sense that I think now we've moved part like I saw I saw um oh who was it who was who was the commentator last night basically saying something like why have we never gone for a two up top with Lacazette and Aubameyang like because it doesn't work. Also, we have. We've, 
Yeah, like we have. We've played them both on the pitch. We've played them both on the pitch with umpteen creative people behind them. And mm. it's just not, it doesn't work. Yeah. One, because Lacazette is kind of playing as a hold-up play, but it's five for nine. And they just don't complement, they're, they're, they're good friends, yes, but they don't complement each other's play style. Yeah, just because you're mates doesn't mean you're going to be a good, yeah. just sticking me and you up top doesn't like, <laughs> doesn't, yeah. doesn't fix much. <laughs> Just fucking unlock this next echelon of ability, yeah. does it? Yeah. Um, I thought Leno made some nice saves down to his right and left. Yeah. Um, there was some decent, you know, another another night. Runison spills that, and we're all going fucking hell. So it's nice for to to feel as though we're we're fairly fairly tight at the mm-hmm. top. Um, and then the goal. I mean, Saka, great ball progression. Turns is it whoever the seven foot nine guy is? What's his name? Burn. Burn. That's it. Burn. Turns the afterburners on, um, gets down the gets down the sides and uh, cuts it back and and it's actually a, a um, unbelievable finish. It really is. It's, it, the, the more you watch oh. it, the more you realise it's a really well taken finish. I mean, Lacazette has always known where the goal is. Like that's never been a problem. His problem is his movement and getting into yeah. those positions. And I think because he just come on, he wasn't picked up, um, and 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 Brighton paid paid the penalty. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was really good. I mean, Bukayo just unreal. He's a star. He's an absolute he star. Is. He's a stare. He's a stare. He's a pop stare. Um, yeah, he just. <laughs> that's an impression of Louis Walsh, by the way. If anyone, <laughs> if you couldn't tell, Jesus. Um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought I thought Saka is like one of our most important players. At 19. Um, Martinelli the same at 18, 19. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think, I think what it is, is, um, I think Tim Stillman said this and he was quoting someone else. So it'll tell you who he's quoting. He was quoting Roberto Martinez uh, on Jamie Carragher's podcast. And he was saying that, or maybe it wasn't, to, oh, whatever. It was, it was Roberto Martinez on Carragher's podcast. And uh, he was saying the reason young players play with so much fear is they haven't had the trauma of losing. And or, or so much trauma of losing, and they're kind of especially when you're a, a, you know an incredible youth player, you're you're not playing, you're playing above your your, your levels, you know, you're playing under twenty threes at eighteen or whatever, and you're you're the best player on the pitch. Then you get to senior level, and you have your few first few proper defeats, you have your first few, you know, proper heartbreaks and and real losses in the Premier League when it matters, and you start to play, you know within yourself and, and 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 you see that in the kind of more senior players and it's just great to see guys who haven't been through the heartache of being Arsenal fans clearly yeah um for for years because they're just they're just un, unfiltered and Saka just expresses himself he's smiling at the end he was walking around at the end so I'm not too worried about his um he had a knock it was just but, an impact injury I think he yeah, just he was, got stepped on he was walking around on the pitch at the end so I think he's fine but just he's so tidy he's so quick nimble um. Yeah, he's I, I, silky. What more can you say? Like he's he's just a sensational player, and uh, we finished out the game with a one point three six xg in the second half, which I thought was a nice nice improvement. But yeah, I, I mean, excellent game. Like it was in terms of th- those are the results and those are the games that we in previous seasons and certainly this season as well have missed out on those have been the games we slipped up in literally last season um and it was nice to see us ground out a result 
Yeah. Because uh, that team doesn't do that a lot. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just think that it's a shame that we couldn't take our opportunities, but it's also, you know, it's about the almost the positives of, okay, Brighton didn't take their opportunities. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. The trade-off. And it's almost like 1-0 to the Arsenal is a very famous result. There's a fucking song about it. We used to be very, very good at grinding out results, especially in that kind of 98 era, 99 era. And even even the Invincibles, one thing that the Invincibles were fantastic at were defending a lead. We're going 1-0 up and then, you know, being compact enough, but still having the... I th- that's where, where I think almost Mourinho fails, you know, to bring it back to the Spurs, uh, who have absolutely fallen off a cliff in the last few days. They do not they they my my best mate from home is a Spurs fan and he texts me a lot um about kind of Mourinho and that and one thing that always seems to be the consensus is that a one goal lead isn't enough to sit 11 men behind the ball for for 90 minutes because if all all that has to happen right is one piece of quality you're, you're talking one Vinnie Company random thunderbolt that won City the league over Liverpool, not last season, but the season before. Like all, all that's needed is one moment of just sheer brilliance and the 85 minutes of defending that you've done. And we saw this with their game against Wolves mm. is, is, is pointless. You've, you've wasted your own time. Mm. You need to kind of get that two goal, two goal lead. And or or at least be dangerous enough to threaten that two goal lead. You sound like a teacher. And I think that that's something that it's not it's not my time you're wasting. It's your time. <laughs> but I think that's one thing that they lack, and it's one thing that we've lacked in that we've always looked suspect defensively, but also slightly suspect offensively. And it's now good to see that we can batten the hatches and in the last five minutes grind a result out because they did not make it easy for us yeah for sure for sure how are you feeling you you know how's your how's your how's your, how's your body you're tired oh i'm i'm feeling I, i'm actually feeling great mate i'm not gonna lie to you okay red bull kicking in oh mate red bull's been and gone <laughs> I, I swear a red bull is like the biggest fallacy ever it hits you for like 45 seconds and then that's it we might come on to red bull in a moment um so oh <laughs> sponsored by red bull <laughs> uh there are other energy drinks out there this is not a sponsored ad sponsor please that. choose whatever you want okay so january transfer window is coming up in two days time we were messaging during the week about our kind of priorities and mm-hmm. what we're looking forward to happening in january we're hearing all sorts of rumors as the kind of bullshit meter comes into um effect into effect uh fabrizio is waking up from his slumber he's coming out of retirement and he's back the ta- he, he's been practicing his tappings all all for the last three months sack has been doing the pullbacks he's got de bruyne he's got de bruyne coming in as well um Ugh. yes so what are your hopes and dreams just in general, Brad, what are your hopes and dreams for January? Like, what are you expecting? What are you hoping for? What do you think will happen? Um, the, I mean, hopes and dreams is that we permanently sign an attacking midfielder. Like, we get somebody in on a permanent transfer 
and not of it doesn't even have to be a level of transfer of a Bruno Fernandez or a Bruno Fernandes. Thank you. Um, more Fernandes, Fernandes, but uh, somebody signing somebody signing an, a creative-minded attacking midfielder that we're yeah. going to use going forward. So well, names names have been bandied just to cut in. Isco, Brandt, Savoslai's off the table now. Um, Alwar and Buendia, but apparently Alwar we're calling Buendia. on Alwar. Uh, if, we to- if we're talking about the kind of... If we're talking Isco, Brandt, Alwar or Buendia, my, I, I, th- I think Alwar's a, a great prospect and player, but apparently there's a few things going on with like fee and wages that might be scuppering that deal but he would be my first choice i think uh then i would go for um julian brandt because we were interested in him before he left leverkusen for dortmund and before he was cool before he was you know primo Uh, and looks like a top talent and i think that he again he's kind of like He's an attacking midfielder that likes to drift a bit left. So I think, again, that drifting left would allow Aubameyang to move centrally and they could there could be quite a nice like interchange between kind of Tierney, Brandt, whoever's on that left wing, and Martinelli and Aubameyang, and you could create those kind of triangles. Yeah. I, I, I'm... Having watched... I mean, done some kind of limited YouTube scouting on him, mm-hmm. he looks like he can prog- progress the ball. He's got a nice final ball. He's got a nice eye for a pass he's he can technically get out quite tricky situations he drops deep often to play play quite sort of long ranging um forward passes i think he could suit us my reservation is his injury history Mm -hmm. uh physically i'm not crazy about him in terms of his physical profile he looks just looks a bit kind of what's the word not sloppy like he's a bit kind of he doesn't look languid yeah, he looks a little bit casual. Um, yeah. And I, I pref- kind of prefer the intensity of, you know, not to make him the benchmark of everyone, but like someone like Martinelli, like we see how much that that pace and that desire adds to it to us. And I just mm-hmm. wonder, you know, it slightly concerns me. But but mainly is, is that kind of him drifting to the left-hand side. Tierney, Martinelli, Saka, Aubameyang all kind of operate best off that left-hand side. And I understand we're creating overloads and it's important to create overloads, but we don't want to become predictable. It doesn't want to feel like, okay, if you can... Because, I mean, even Brighton last night, they kind of set up to 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 hold down that right-hand side of, or the, their right-hand side. Yeah. Um, I don't know where um, Lamptey was, but I, I wonder if he'd have even played because he is someone who gets forward and he's someone who can, can kind of link up in the final third and, you know, he's all right defensively. But I'm not sure who who the, the person was because uh, I'm very unfamiliar with Brighton. But in terms of the eye test, it was a physical, it was someone who was physical. And I think making sure we're not predictable and always going down that left-hand side because it is it is pretty obvious at the moment that, especially, you know, I think teams did kind of work us out in that really poor run of form we were pretty predictable heading down that left-hand side. And I'm not saying that can't be a strength of ours, you know, yeah. and I'm not saying it can't be something that we're, um, we make our, our weapon. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes, you know, you make these things, well, yeah, we're going down the left-hand side, but there's nothing you can do about it and that's fine. But 
the yeah the predictability of it slightly concerns me I think it again it depends on what we're going to do moving forward kind of transfer wise if we're going to move on from Aubameyang and have somebody who sticks to the center like a a center forward who can be involved in build-up play but isn't going to favor coming out to one side or the other then you know that frees up that space but I, I I see the reservations and I do understand that I I just think out of the the if we're not going to go for Alwa, we're talking about Brandt, Isco or Buendia. Isco, I think on a six month loan deal isn't a bad option, which is something that's currently being floated around and seems likely, which is why I said, you know, the dream for me would just be to sign someone permanently because then you can bed them into the squad. I don't want that permanent signing to be Isco. He's 28 turning 29. I think, and it just, again, it becomes endemic of an ageing squad. It becomes a problem. And but He's not 29 until he becomes until 29. He, yeah, he's not 29 until he becomes 29. But again, he's just the wrong age profile. So then if we take him off the table permanently, we're talking about Brandt and we're talking about Buendia. And both have their merits. Buendia's Premier League proven. He's like, he's taking the piss in the championship with the amount of key passes and opportunities he's yeah. putting up. And is somebody that favours the right-hand side. So again, yeah, would give us more of an outlet on that right-hand side because he was known at times at Norwich to play kind of right right wing, but as more well, I think of he's a, coming off the right at Norwich, yeah. as, as I've... Yeah, yeah as a, but as a more creative outlet. So I think that that would definitely be an option because, again, it would, it would almost like even the scales that we have the same amount of opportunities to create from the right-hand side versus the left. Uh, and for me, Saka... I think, if especially with Martinelli, if we're playing him off the left, I, I would prefer to play them kind of in the way that they were playing last night than having to drop one so the other can occupy that space. I don't think either are droppable. So I think that I think that Saka's great off the right-hand side. Yeah, I, 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 it's certainly an option with Saka. I, I haven't been convinced crazily by him on the, on the right, but equally he's got a lot better. Like I remember, I think he, he played against... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he played there against Sheffield once, and it wasn't great. Yeah, but and then has, we took, we put we brought Pepe on, and he scored the goal. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I could, I could be. I've, I certainly remember a performance on the right hand side where I was not convinced with Saka. I thought he was kind of elbowed out of the game and kind of a little bit isolated on that side, as we kind of did just build up on the left. Um, I think a lot of that comes from Tierney as well. But yeah, um, I'm mm. really interested in Buendia. Um, I think as a Premier League proven, he's the right age profile. Yeah. He's, um, is he homegrown? Let me give it a Google. Give it a Google. Um, but the, yeah, the potentially, anyway, I, I think we need to get someone out or certainly we wouldn't be able to, unless we took someone out. What am I trying to say? We need to take another player out. I don't really know how this all works with the squad registration, but I imagine we need to take another non-homegrown player out. Depends. I don't really know. Anyway, the Buendia, I mean, he, he, maybe he'll eventually be homegrown. I'm not sure if he spends enough time here. The point being, he is someone No, he's who, not. Okay. He is someone who put up really good numbers. I think he was only behind something like De Bruyne, Trent and... David Silva or something mm. like that last year in terms of chances created and key passes and all those sorts of things. He put, you know, he he kind of went down a little bit uncontested. Would Norwich want to sell him as they're pushing pushing for promotion? Probably not, but they've also got Todd Cantwell and they're in a, in a really good position. It may allow them to reinvest. I don't know. I 
Isco doesn't really excite me purely because it feels, again, like a player that doesn't really fit into the modern style of play. He feels quite a little bit lightweight mm. uh, from what I've seen. Again, this is, you know, a little bit of conjecture. Bring up the conjecture, Claxon. Um, but the... Yeah, he feels a little bit lightweight and, and sort of in the in the Urzil mould. No, no. They're not quite similar. I think he's a bit more cute, a bit more tricksy, a bit more kind of, you know, less languid than Urzil. But again, physically, I, I'm just not sure. Um, and 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 we should give those minutes to Smith Rowe if we're gonna if we're gonna yeah if we're gonna play yeah, someone yeah, like yeah. an Isco, Agreed. like why why have that adaptation period when Smith Rowe's yeah. doing such a good job? I think you're right. Someone like Wendier who can come in and come off the right, you know, play on that right hand side and be an option on that right hand side and cut in and be, you know, an option at eight, an option you know on the right hand side further forward as a kind mm-hmm. of as a kind of cam. You know, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. It seems weird to bring in a player for six months. It yeah. seems weird to, to when we can just give Smith Rowe the minutes. It's not. It's not like we're on a title challenge. Realistically, yeah. you know, we. I. I think that with the limitations of this squad, one player isn't going to do a United for us and get us into the top no. four. So, mm-hmm. bringing in an Isco for six months is again it, it would just be a strange strange move yeah so so and Buendia you know has the kind of age profile and has the kind of ceiling whereby if you bring him in and get him adapted into this team he can hit the ground running next season and exactly. be, and be exactly. a bit, bit more of a kind of option for us you know Fernandez comes in in January he's a mature player someone who has played, you know, a lot at international level and, you know, I'm not sure if Wendy has or hasn't, but, you know, Fernandes is an established player who came in to unlock Rashford, Martial and Greenwood. You know, he's, you know, Wendy is coming and in to Pogba unlock... And Yeah, Wendy is coming in to unlock Willian. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's... it's We're in a rebuild, but he is he's the right sort of player and has a lot of ups, upsell in terms of value as well, so... A hundred percent... I would agree with you. I think for me, if we're going to sign somebody permanently and Awa is off the table, then I think it's got to be, but it's got to be Brandt or Buendia. But again, Awa favours that left hand side. He he's kind of he's always played on that sort of left in the left channel of of, of a two man midfield. It's really the tricky. Thing, the thing is, though, right when you have the opportunity to pick up somebody of that quality and with that ceiling, you do it and make it work. Yeah, maybe as in. It's like, out of all three players, in my opinion, from everything that I've seen, and again, massive conjecture, conjecture I think ahead. if you're talking about, if you're talking about who's best right now, it's probably Alwa, Buendia, uh, Alwa, Brandt, Buendia, because you look at the quality of leagues that they're doing it in, and you're looking at the quality that they're putting up. Brandt is a kind of a bit of a 50-50, because in the, especially in the latter stages of Favre's kind of tenure at Dortmund, he wasn't particularly favoured. So if you're not playing a lot of football, it's difficult to really judge how good you are. But from what I well, from what I saw of him at Leverkusen, he's a quality quality player. But the thing that Buendia has on both of them is that he's Premier League proven. So I think if if we're taking Alwar off the table, my preference would probably be Buendia because he plays off of the right, like we've said, and has experience. But I th- it just depends on on who's available because at the end yeah. of the day if Alwa's off the table and if Norwich refuse to sell Buendia because they want to guarantee themselves promotion before they sell anyone and Brandt is the only permanent option and it's either bringing in Isco for six months or bringing in Brandt on a permanent 
and and is in we have. I'm saying we have. Of in that situation, I just wait six months. Yeah. You know, I I don't think I'd do anything. But yeah. if we had to do something in January, which I do think I do think we do, then it would just it just has to be what's available. Yeah. It has to be Brandt if Brandt's available, and if Wendy is available, it has to be Wendy. And if Alwa is available, then it has to be Alwa. But it's going to be a massive minefield to see, especially with what's go- what's going on in the French league at the moment, to kind of see who becomes available and what becomes available because it could get to January 29th and Alwa pops up because of the... But I wouldn't want us to wait until January 29th. I think we need somebody through the door on like January 4th. Yeah, and that's the thing. We're not hearing very much uh, and we're two days away. And my concern is that we're... Not that I would have wanted the the our form to continue, but it feels a little bit less pressing at the moment, especially with Smith Rowe in the form he is, Saka in the form he is. Feels a little bit less kind of fuck. We need someone through the door now, so I'm slightly concerned that maybe we aren't making the moves we, that we should. Uh, well, listen, we'll have to wait and see. The the you know the 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 bottom line is we need a creative midfielder through the door. That's 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 non negotiable, and that is something that we the club know. That is something that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. But let's hope it's not a non-negotiable like an Arteta non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah. Right, Brad. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure as always, my dear friend. As always. How are you, you going to go back to bed? Now, nah, mate. Uh, I'm probably going to go... Uh, I think my mum popped out for some milk. So I'm going to go get a pot of coffee on. And uh, That sounds like a, a euphemism. Got, got... <laughs> she left. <laughs> Uh, probably go get a pot of coffee on and then I've got a few bits and bobs to get done today so feeding the homeless today or I oh, know I suppose it's closed oh no no I'm not I'm mate I've that place is because then they don't have the infrastructure to do takeaway that place has been closed since R.I.P. you know R.I.P. Bradley's job prospects oh mate are you are you back unemployed well no I'm still employed there but the place just isn't open oh I see because it's this is the first permanent kind of place that they've ever had, and it's literally been open a week. So they don't have the infrastructure or anything yet to be on Deliveroo, to be on, or I or, and also you know we're now tier four talking about tier five. So mm. I'm currently maybe you could start your own spin-off podcast. Nah, mate, I enjoy this one too much. I could never split my time. Oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> you and you and Wizzy, come on, it'd be great. Oh, mate, what would you call it, Brad? Brad. Ultimate fraud. I think of a ulti- the ultimate fraud. Ultimate fraud. Ulti- it's just you for half an hour. Just, or just the different fraud. Jacker. The different fraud. <laughs> the different different knock. Yeah. The different different knock. <laughs> the most different knock. Oh man. Uh, right. Thanks for listening, and we will see y'all after the West Brom game. Yeah. Big old Aladice. Uh, look forward to another win against Aladici and bless him he's never had an opportunity in England if only he was called Aladici um, I'm actually quite concerned about that game did you see this morning he's saying that there should, there should be a circuit breaker for um, uh, for football yeah I, I don't I wouldn't say he's wrong I wouldn't say he's wrong but also very convenient after a 5-0 loss <laughs> yeah I think we should stop the football I think the football should stop for a bit everyone should maybe have some training sessions I don't know I don't know I'm just saying just saying some everyone should maybe be in a bubble maybe we should have a training camp in dubai i'm i'm just saying maybe i, I don't know <laughs> um yes we'll see you after that game hopefully we'll we'll get someone through the door before then uh but if not 
we'll have to make do what we got, won't we? It's Arsenal. Keep the faith, trust the process. Like you said on your tweet, uh, football is fickle. If he loses the next three games, his head's on the chopping block. And if he wins the next three, we're winning the league. Exactly. Here we go, lads. Bradley, that was very, very reasoned. Love that. For once. That was so, that was so patronising. I know. <laughs> All right, guys. See you in a bit. Bye-bye. See you later. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. If you enjoyed that and you want to hear some more, please subscribe or follow us on whatever platform you use for a new podcast after every match. If you want to support the show, check us out on Patreon and find us on Twitter at Diffknock. Thanks. Podcast Network.